Namaste, Suswagatam and welcome to our Sunday edition of Words of Wisdom Gyan Ganga on our Virat Hindustan Sangam social media channels. Today we have an interesting discussion which is our episode 162, Is Hindutva Under Siege in India Today? As you all know, there is a lot of things happening in India and abroad and a lot of discussion on what's happening on the Hindutva issue. We have with us, as usual, Dr. Subramanim Swami, who is the patron and president of Virat Hindustan Sangam. And we have with us another guest, Sri Ayer. As you all know, he is a, a prominent author, patent holder, and he runs the famous P Guru channel. And he is daily making news all across the globe. So we welcome him to our show. And I also have to thank our co-host Ramesh Swami and Professor Arvind Chaturvedi from Delhi for hosting this program every Sunday along with me. And I have to have to thank our technical team led by Ashish Shetty, Tejas Navalgol, Swami Nathan, Ishwar Ayer, our friend from Mumbai, Vishal Mehta, Ajesh Nair, and others for their background support to put this team together. Our Rakesh Gadgi from Karnataka for his help to put all this material together every Sunday and working in the background. So with these words, it is over to Dr. Swami to initiate this important discussion. Is Hindutva under siege in India today? Thank you. Dhanyavad. <coughs> uh, thank you, uh, Jagdish and colleagues. Um, we are today uh, on a uh, new subject. Uh, people might say that, well, you did uh, speak so much about Hindus under siege. Uh, now, what's uh, new that you are saying? And the answer is, I said those days about Hindus under siege. But today, I am going to talk about Hindutva under siege. That is, Hindu is what we call as the uh, core uh, and uh, the uh, um, uh, 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 hindutva is the flavor so something is a core and then the and then it becomes uh, um, and then it, it it manifests itself by as a flavor and so in that sense uh, i am today making a distinction between Hindu, Hinduism, and Hindutva. Hindutva is the, is, is, is the flavor of Hinduism, and it represents all the things that we, uh, as Hindus, display in our behavior. Uh, if you are, well, for example, if you are very differential to your parents, which you don't find anywhere else in the world, uh, that's a part of the uh, Hindutva. So uh, 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 that way. Now, um, the, uh, what I think uh, is that the earlier time, I talked more about the structure of uh, Hindu, and then I brought in five points, and uh, those five points we developed in our Virat uh, Hindustan Sangam as the uh, core core issues, and on that basis we uh, went ahead. Now, let me just say one thing. While I'm preaching or uh, advocating, 
I am not insisting that you should follow this. But uh, I say this is what I have learnt and this is the best way. Now you would be surprised that if you look at the Gita, where Lord Krishna is giving instructions after instructions and instructions. And right towards the end, in uh, chapter, the last chapter, which is chapter 18, uh, in Shloka 63, uh, now speak, uh, you know, speak from the English translation of Swami Dayanand Saraswati, what he says, uh, Krishna says in the 63rd uh, Shloka on the last chapter, Thus the knowledge that is more secret than any secret was told by me to you. This is what Krishna says. Considering this thoroughly, you may do just as you wish. Will you see this in any other religion where God says, you may do as you wish. I have shown you the path. If you follow it, fine. If you don't want to, you don't. So the Hindutva beauty has to be understood is a beauty of persuading you. And if you are persuaded, you follow. If you are not persuaded, don't follow. And you will not be condemned or you will not be called by any bad name and so on. So therefore, I would say, today, let us understand the flavor of Hindutva. And it is not something that forces you to do something. There is nothing a compulsion in it. Even uh, the much misunderstood um, uh, Varna system, which has been considered as an oppressive, this thing, it's not compulsory. If you follow this, 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 then you become that. that for instance, if you are a Jnani, and Tyagi, and a Sahasi, you, you qualify to be called a Brahmin. So, there are some uh, conditions. There's got nothing to do with birth. Nowhere is uh, the Varna system connected with birth. As far as Gita is concerned, uh, there may be some uh, people like Manu and so on. They may have said so. But Manu is wrote a Shmriti and a Shruti. Uh, he wrote a Smriti, not a Shruti. A Shruti is what God gives. and You can't change it. And Smriti is what you remember. So, uh, after Manu came Yajna Valkya, after that Mitakshara, so on and so forth. So these are codes. Today we have the constitution of India, which is a kind of um, Smriti, uh, which can be revised, but it, it's, a set of, it's a set of codes. So uh, be, I begin by saying this, that uh, uh, today I, when I speak about Hindutva and uh, say it is under siege, what is it under, why is it under siege? Because everybody knows now that Hindutva, Hindu, Hinduism, yeah, Hindu, uh, is now widely perceived by people as something they have. There's a Hindu consciousness in the country. It may, may not be still complete, but their consciousness is there. But having the consciousness, what does it mean? So if somebody talks to you about caste, then you say, there's no such thing. That's what I would advocate, saying, no, we are the same. And uh, we are supported by the science of it. Uh, that is, under the uh, DNA testing, 
all Indians who are of this who are, uh, who are of, of this soil, they all have the same DNA. There is no difference from Kashmir to Kanyakumari, from uh, um, from from the west to the east. The Indians are the same. There is no difference. That is what the recent uh, DNA studies have shown. And therefore, there is nothing special about a Brahmin uh, in terms of birth because he has got nothing to do with birth. We are all born the same way. You can change your Varna. You may, Vishwamitra was born in a Kshatriya family, but having been born in a Kshatriya family, uh, he became not only a Rishi, but Rishi of Rishis. Even the gods used to be afraid of him. So, therefore, and then Vaidya Vyasa, his mother was a fisherwoman. They can give you lots of examples of great Rishis who were not born by in the, in the so-called Brahmin family. So, therefore, uh, I would like everybody to have this Hindutva concept that we are the same. There is no difference. Uh, superficial differences should not be looked at if you are... Uh, if you are closer to the equator, you live in closer to your skin color will change, it will become darker. That everybody knows. It's got nothing to do with race. Skin color has nothing to do with race. So there are a lot of things that the British have brainwashed us with, which we have to uh, remember. Now, uh, <clears throat> when I talk about Hindutva, I would like a few things to be... Uh, Taken as a kind of uh, as a as a kind of compulsion, not ever forced, but in terms of desirability, and that I would say, for example, uh, wearing clothes which are suitable to India. Uh, so when when you see people, why Gandhi wore a dhoti? Why uh, over the years people wore pajama and kurta and so on? These are uh, basically, um, there's no compulsion in it, I must uh, tell you very frankly. But the fact is that a Indianness or a Hinduness uh, came out of this. And I would uh, certainly would uh, tell people that, well, you know, if you wear pant and shirt and uh, tie, well, I mean, uh, I, there's nobody to tell you that this is against the law. It's obviously not against the law. But I think over the years, you must understand this hot climate, uh, wearing a tie is totally, um, you know, totally s s silly, uh, given the kind of uh, atmosphere, uh, temperature we have in our country. So there, there, there must be an identification of Hindus must seek to try and put some kind of identification. When you see a Hindu, you, you must know, yes, this guy is also Hindu because of this, this, this. So I, I would um, um, not make uh, uh, the question of dress, sarees, for example, salwar kameez. These are all you know, produced in India and they are also very comfortable. Uh, and therefore, to give it up and to adopt Western dress, uh, in my opinion, uh, is not due to your thinking that this is more, uh, this is more comfortable, this is more appropriate, but because you have uh, come out of this um, 
200 years of British rule and uh, some foreign rule before that. So, uh, when I talk about Hindutva, I include this. And um, I, I'm not advocating that you must do this, but I am uh, giving you as an example. I have, for example, uh, in uh, I went to Harvard. I was, uh, of course, like everybody else, wearing tie and coat. And one day it suddenly occurred to me why I should be wearing this. And I changed. And all my faculty, uh, when I was in the faculty, I was a part of the um, uh, various boards of Harvard. You will see me. I'm the only one there with the bandgala uh, if it's winter. Otherwise, uh, kurta and uh, pajama or even sometimes kurta and dhoti. So I would say that perhaps on every Sunday, we should be um, become show our Hindutva by wearing these uh, uh, this, uh, clothes. But nothing compulsory, nothing in fear. There's no inferiority, nothing of the kind. But the fact is that more and more we uh, Hindus must look alike. I'm not. I'm not deliberately saying Indians because the people misunderstand. They're saying that I'm imposing it on some other religion and so on. I'm not on that. We are anyway 80%. So if 80% uh, wear these this uh, this kind of uh, uh, comply with in this way, uh, it would be enough for us to be known uh, in the rest of the world. So um, uh, I, I, uh, let me also add to you that um, uh, we, in our constitution, have defined only in one place Hindu. And there is uh, Article 25, uh, it's, uh, it's subparts, where it says, uh, by Hindu, one includes Buddhists, Sikhs, Jains. Uh, they are also called Hindus. Because Hindu is not a religious concept. Hindu is a relig uh, regional concept. And the people say, no, no, this, this is a, the Arabs gave it to you. They said Sindhu, and then they couldn't say uh, Sindhu, it became Hindu. That's all nonsense. If you want to look for the origin of this word, uh, there is a Purana, which I have not yet identified, but I will be working on it where it talked about a Hindu being a Sandhi of two words, he for uh, Himalaya and Hindu for the uh, ocean. So uh, from uh, Kanyagumari to Kashmir, uh, that uh, is how the word Hindu came. Uh, and um, uh, it has been used uh, not extensively, but over the years you can discover it. So. Um, let me uh, say that today we are uh, not like before, we are not ashamed of calling ourselves Hindu, but to have Hindu practices, which is what I call as Hindutva, uh, that is under siege in the sense uh, people, uh, you see our foreign minister going in tie and coat and I make fun of them and call them a butler and so on. And same thing with our national security advisor. Fortunately, uh, many ministers now don't do it, but there are lots of ministers uh, who uh, wear tie and so on, and when, especially when they go abroad. And so uh, we, we, we have to uh, see where, where to draw the line. And I will say that the Hindu uh, um, personality 
comes through Hindutva. Uh, Hindu is a, as I say, is a, is a concept, but Hindutva is the various things that you uh, choose. So I will, I am not uh, going to take up um, uh, more time uh, so that uh, um, she, she here doesn't have <laughs> any time to develop his points. We'll all come back together and have a debate. But uh, let me say this, that um, is there a place for English in India? It is there not because the British, but because the Americans have made it an international language. And much of the research um, uh, communications today is taking place in English. So English is an international language which we, we must compulsorily learn. So that's language number one. Your mother tongue is your second language which you must learn. And, uh, and finally, in my opinion, over a period of time, 90%, uh, 95% of India has already accepted it. But that one uh, group in Tamil Nadu which is resisting uh, the use of Hindi as a link language. When you say Hindi, we go to the constitution. The constitution uh, talks about Hindi with Sanskrit vocabulary. And why? Because all our languages have Sanskrit. You go to Tamil also, I'm sure that, uh, we have Sri Ayer, he can list uh, words and words which are of Sanskrit, which are used in our cinemas, they are used in our daily conversation and so on. So Sanskrit and uh, and uh, uh, once I had a uh, debate with the uh, one-to-one -one debate with the Karnanidhi and Karnanidhi and I may, may have been ideologically apart, but we were, we were good friends in the sense we met and we joked with each other, made fun of each other and all that. So one day I, I asked, he told me, I, Tamil has nothing to do with Sanskrit. Don't bring Sanskrit into the picture. So I said, Tell me one thing, your name is Karunanidhi, is it a Tamil word or a Sanskrit word? Karuna and Nidhi. Tell me where is the origin in Tamil of these words? I can tell you how ancient are these two words in Sanskrit. Similarly, I said, your uh, uh, election symbol, uh, you say Chinnam in Tamil. What do you say in Sanskrit? Chin. So, election symbol is Chin in Sanskrit and Chinnam in Tamil. And what is that Udayan Suryan? This is what the DMK people say, that their symbol is Udayan Suryan. Uday means uh, rising and Suryan means sun. So rising sun is the election symbol of, uh, of the DMK. So the, these DMK guys are a little crazy and they, I think they have been taught by the, from the wrong end by the British and they uh, made a mess. But Tamil has, if you take the dictionary and go through Tamil, it has 40% words in common with Sanskrit. And its script is almost like Devanagari. For instance, in Tamil, if you write ka, you write like this. And of course, in Devanagari also, you write almost like this. And then you want to say ki, you put a matra. Uh, and you want to put ku, you put another matra below. That's common to Sanskrit and Tamil. And uh, so, therefore, uh, the commonness is something that is part of our Hindutva. 
So uh, we must go on discovering these commonness. And by that, we will then uh, do what we already, our VHS has succeeded about talking about Hindus uh, and what are the core concepts of Hindus. We have propagated it so much that it's gone all over. Now we must propagate Hindutva and what are the dimensions of it and why it is uh, for, the, for the country, it is, it is uh, nationwide and how we can make this into a, a method of making us one people. So in the beginning, if I forget more time, I'll uh, uh, say something more. But now I think it, with your permission, I'll hand over the microphone to Sri Ayer. Over to you, Sri Ayer. Namaskaram, Dr. Swami. Namaskar to everybody. And it's always a joy and pleasure to be on VHS channel. In, VHS is a group of intellectuals. We are, we are free to think our thoughts. In fact, uh, I'm going to straight start out by showing or, or trying to show uh, our viewers how this whole Hindutva and Hinduism is perceived in the United States. Dr. Swami, there is a constituency very close to where I live called Fremont. And it is represented by Mr. Ro Khanna. And about a couple of years ago, he made a tweet saying that Hindus are good, Hindutva is bad. So if you think that if you think that Rahul Gandhi came up with this thing, remember he said Hindu is Gandhi, Hindutva is Godse. Remember that, sir? Even that is not original. That was taken from Mr. Ro Khanna's. So, so, so what happens is when we talk about Hindutva. And and, uh, and and when the children in that are growing up in the United States, if they read about Hinduism in their textbook, they're only shown two pictures, sir. One is the picture of Nataraja dancing over a baby. And the other is of Kali drinking blood. Okay, so you see how the whole portrayal is lopsided. And this is started in this started in California. And whether we like it or not, California tends to be the, the tip of the spear for U.S. And every other state starts uh, absorbing the same educational system or the materials and so on and so forth. Although there is very large flexibility for the teachers themselves to teach a particular topic. In other words, the state will just give you guidelines. It's up to the teacher to go deeper or make it only at a shallow treatment. And why I'm saying all this is that this, this Hinduism and Hindutva have been, they, they have tried to break it here and uh, confuse people. So for me, more, I see it easier if I say I am a Sanatani, follower of Sanatana Dharma. And Sanatana Dharma means eternal flow. This has been there for a long time. It is here today. It will be there forever. And this way what happens is, a lot of the things that people try to, you know, pin against you saying, oh, you are a Hindu, you are this, you are a worshipper of so many idols. Dr. Swami, Hinduism is very deep. For example, I don't know how many of our viewers know this, but there is only one God. There's only one God. It is called Parabrahma. Wow. The Parabrahma doesn't have a Rupa. And it was difficult for the common person to understand and pray to this Parabrahma. That is how polymorphism evolved. That is how people were said, okay, you, you want to pray to this person, this. So that is how the concept of Brahma, Vishnu and Shiva evolved. 
we sometimes we say uh, you know parameshwar that is actually more closer to parabrahma than the shiva so there is a slight difference ishwar is different from shiva but the point i'm trying to make sir is this is a very scientific very deep religion and it takes a long time to understand the concept at, at the end if you have to condense it and say in two words what or, or four words what it is it is satyam vada dharmam chara this comes from taitri upanishad where the guru is telling the shishya this is like you know the guy has graduated he is he's about to leave for uh, leave the gurukul for um, you know uh, grahasthi life he says this is all you need to remember and he also says मातृदेवो भवा ट्रीट योर मदर लाइक गॉड पितृदेवो भवा आचार्य देवो भवा अतिथि देवो भवा ऑल दिस आर कमिंग अगेन इन सेम दैत्रेय उपनिषद द द द वास्टनेस ऑफ द नॉलेज दैट इज अवेलेबल व्हाट आर व्हाट आर वेदास वेदास मींस नॉलेज इट डजंट टॉक अबाउट अ पर्टिकुलर गॉड बिकॉज़ देयर नेवर वाज सर पॉलीमॉर्फिज्म इज द वे टू एक्सप्लेन व्हाई वी हैव मिलियंस ऑफ गॉड्स एंड गॉडेसेस it is what you want to pray if you feel like by praying to a tree that makes you feel like you are closer to god so be it you don't want uh, to believe in god that is fine too so why i am saying all this sir uh, is when we try to talk about hindutva as being a flavor of hinduism it might resonate in india where people have some idea of what it is but for somebody who is looking at a blank sheet it's a little confusing and this is my own little way i have tried to do this thing but i'm not saying that everybody has to agree with me or not agree with me the 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 first thing that uh, many sanatanis have started doing is he said let's first fix the education system what is being taught from grade 6 to grade 10 what is being taught so that work is in progress is now what 6 7 years now and and those people who have already published you know billions worth of books don't want to change it it has nothing to do with you know knowledge or not uh, knowing hinduism their thing is a pure business point they say i have a billion dollars worth of inventory i don't want to change it they don't even want to insert a slip of paper saying that this is the errata so this is the kind of problems that united states is facing but slowly but steadily these are also changing for example wherever you have communities where there are lots of hindus they are now su- suggesting to the teacher who is teaching their children hinduism this is what you should be really teaching don't f- varna system for example and 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 uh, and many teachers also ask you to come and give a guest lecture what it is so to to some extent we are trying to fix this problem but is hindutva in danger 100% absolutely it is in danger because it is this polymorphism it is the fact that you know people find it difficult to explain that is nataraja is not dancing on a baby he is dancing on an asura to keep him under control and then people yes. say how can a baby be a rakshasa it's a rakshasa can take any rupa yes so so this, see this is where the thing starts getting involved you have to draw people in by way of stories to try and tell why this is happening see uh, only recently sir i came to know that shiva never kills his opponents he always converts them back into his faith to make them his followers as opposed to vishnu form where you actually end up killing the adversary so there is such depth here there is such richness here there is such logic here it is our mistake ours meaning like my generation 
for not paying enough attention to this and for doing other things such as you know pursuing perhaps a better career and and coming off but it is not too late it is never too late in fact i can tell you dr swami i see a lot of the channels the amount of stories and the following that bhagavata's stories or even story about ahalya bai there's a there's a serial serial running right now ahalya bai holkar superbly done so there is there is a huge audience that's watching that too however this part is fine but my concern dr swami is about the inherent kshatriyata that hinduism or hindutva has this has become really really weak because that in my opinion is the reason why these 20% feel emboldened that we can go and kill anybody at will there were 12 people around kanayalal sir 12 people only one dare to intervene and that fellow's life is also hanging in a balance right now yes. and and you so escaped they escaped to 40 kilometers before they were caught why, why i am dragging from there to a particular instance is that the bigger story needs sharpening yes. and and unless we do that we will have the priyanka reddys who felt that you know leaving her scooter in a lighted place is safer than working in a cow cow shed uh, cow shelter where it is all muddy and dirty and she <laughs> paid for it with her life so the 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 the, big, the point i'm trying to make is that there are lots of faults that can be seen in this unfortunately our uh, enunciation our articulation of what our dharma is is still insufficient and this is where we are falling this is where we are see we we don't mandate that children have to come to bible school or or something equal unto that we don't mandate our children to say on saturday you will sit down and recite this chapter of bhagavad gita i used to do that dr swami that is why what little hindutva i have now is because of my dad forcing me to uh, uh, recite bhagavad gita uh, learn it by heart recite taitri upanishad learn it by heart and so on and so forth i used to hate it at that time because i didn't understand what i was trying to say now i do but it's it's a big different 20 30 years later the this needs to go down further why it is so scientific why it is important what is the significance of the number 108 what is om om is the sound of the energy that is reaching us from the sun it's the most yes. fundamental component of life and it is for everybody so these kinds of talks these this kind of arguments they need to be more i'm going to stop now sir because i just wanted to kind of give you a perception from a western lens what is happening and rajiv malhotra ji has done a lot of work and and many yeah. of us in our own little way we are doing stuff but it is not enough that we do it because the people have lost the habit of reading and that is what is is really the problem people are writing a lot of good stuff but are you are you the viewer are you reading can you spend 20 minutes every day to read 10 paper 10 pages because only when you when your kids see you reading then they will also be drawn they will come and start reading i know i'm a little tangential dr swami but this is where i see is the problem that they are really hitting at you know what they perceive as weaknesses in fact these are not weaknesses they are strengths rajiv malhotra ji yeah. says again and again hinduism sanatana dharma is an open source software anybody can take anything and build on top of that and you will still be hindu but this needs to this message needs to reach more thank you sir 
just before uh, I ask my other colleagues uh, to intervene and give their opinion, let me uh, make uh, one thing which is Swami Dan and Saraswati. Uh, not the Arya Samaji uh, Dan and Saraswati, but uh, uh, one who was in a Haran Ashram in Coimbatore and Rishikesh and in a number of books uh, which are worth reading. He had uh, one, one day a request from the uh, Israeli rabbi, chief rabbi, that he, uh, they would like to discuss the difference between Judaism and, uh, and Hinduism. So um, uh, Swami Dhanan Saraswati created a, a team and I was included in it in the Delhi part. There were two 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 places two times we met. One was in Delhi and then another in in uh, in Israel uh, to see whether uh, Judaism and and uh, and Hinduism uh, could be harmonized in terms of projection. The main argument uh, made by the uh, uh, rabbi, chief rabbi, was that you have uh, polytheism and we have only one God. So that's where the problem arises and that, that since that is there, we are not going to be able to ever come together. And Swami Dayan and Saraswati gave a beautiful analysis where he said, yes, we have manifestations of many, but Ishwara is only one and that is God. And so you call them God, you call anything else you want, but we have only one God in the end and that's called Ishwara. Now this core, core concept is not taught anywhere. So what is the problem uh, is that we should uh, have textbooks which are, you talked about uh, uh, um, Rajiv Malhotra's books and others' books, agreed, but they should be made compulsory reading. We uh, will have uh, Wendy Doniger or somebody like that who talks about all the rubbish. That will be part of our uh, uh, you know, syllabus, but not... Uh, what um, 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 Rajiv Malhotra writes or anyone, any of these so many people who have written. Some foreigners have come and settled in India and then they have written in a language which even foreigners can understand if they know English. So um, my, my view is that um, uh, it's the syllabus which is important. And we can say that if we are a Christian, and you're a Muslim or any other religion, you don't want to this instruction, this is not compulsory. But anyone who wants this instructions about what uh, is the concept of God, what is his uniqueness uh, in a secular way without making it into a religious issue, th that should be, in my opinion, taught in school. We can begin by making it optional in the beginning. And then as the acceptability grows, uh, we, uh, we then take it forward. Hinduism says that all religions lead to God. Is there any other religion in the world which says that? 
Now, how can you say Hinduism is negative and Hinduism is this, Hinduism that, and uh, prefer another religion which says my way or the, you, in some cases they say you will be dead if you don't go my way, but uh, or the, my way or the highway or whatever you want to say. So, in that sense, we have always accommodated everything. The Jews came to India, uh, they lived here uh, happily till Israel was created and then they went away. The Parsis, who today are an integral part of India, they have uh, come here to escape persecution of Iran and they stayed here without any difficulty. And when the British asked them when, uh, when they were leaving that, you know, you're a minority, you, you might be targeted, they said for thousands of years we have no problem, we don't need you, you go home. Uh, we, we are quite safe here. So this is the tradition in which we are brought in. In between, because of these foreign invasions that took place, uh, there is a certain bitterness has come and that has to be overcome uh, so that we can once again have the happy occasion of having our own religion and yet being able to discuss it without rancor. Over to you, uh, Jagdish and others. Uh, please, uh, in the another 20 minutes or 15 minutes we have, um, we have like comments from the other participants. Dr. Swami, one very, uh, Dr. Swami and Sri Ayyar, a very important question which is bothering many of our viewers is the present situation where there is lot of hatred spread against Hindus in India. There is a lot of killings which are taking place. We have a, a government which rode on uh, the Hindutva wave and still mm -hmm. these things are happening on in, in India. So what is your uh, opinion or feeling on what's happening in India, especially the beheading and some killings happening on the name of religion, targeting others. So a lot of viewers would like to have your take on this. First, uh, uh, let uh, Sri Ayya say and then I will add to what he says. Um, I, I regret to say this thing, but BJP has turned Hinduism and Hindutva into a convenient tool to stay in power. This is purely selfish. But then you can turn around and ask, listen, the other side is bribing money, uh, voter with money. How do I go and stand in the same field and fight? So I am also following the concept that was laid down by Lord Krishna. He says you have to fight in the fight. You fire, You have to fight in the same way the, the opponent is fighting. So this is why I am doing it. So what, sir, again, I don't know whether this is true or not. Many people say that AIMIM is a B team of BJP used to cut into the Muslim vote. I don't know if it's true or not. See, these are all pointers where BJP never denies it also. They don't say this guy has nothing to do with us. But the truth is, the truth is what used to be a 55% majority in old city of Hyderabad, the Hindus, Today are just 15, 1-5%. And if you go and look at the land registry records of who is the buyer, always one religion. And I'll tell you another reason why they quietly left selling their uh, property at a loss. Every day, their neighbors were always asking, looking at the women folk in the house. Oh, your daughter is now going to this college. She was going to that college. Why does he need to know where your daughter is studying? 
there was a pernicious, there was a sustained attempt to try and put fear in the uh, minds of Hindus. And this is beating of BJP. This is what the truth is, Jagdish Ji. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Swami. Your comments. Well, I think uh, um, Sri Ayer has covered most of it. The issue is this, uh, th that we uh, we need definitely um, instruction in religion so that these kinds of thoughts don't come to our mind that we are being targeted. I am uh, sh uh, not sure that the guys who did what they did in uh, their were not sent or trained uh, by bringing out of India. We have to get to the bottom of it. Uh, but I would say uh, that there were people from the Muslim community who went and condemned that whole thing. And OIC was one of them. So yes, we have a lot of differences with them. But uh, let's make sure that there are spokesmen in different religions who in a, in, a, in a time of crisis can come together and together say, uh, this is not good for our country. And therefore, we together uh, condemn what is going on and we will support the government forces uh, to bring this to an end. So that, <coughs> that needs, because here I find in India today, there's much more suspicion. And... Uh, there is um, a lot of personal hatred that people come across. Uh, even I, I faced it quite a, quite a bit. Uh, who are uh, have hatred for my approach to the problem of uh, Hindu-Muslim unity. And uh, we have to overcome this uh, because there are enemies of our country who would like to see these divisions to get deeper. Dr. Swami, just a few thoughts, basically. The stemming as to why Hindutva is under siege in India today, the so-called Hindutva party, it's basically incompetent and important because they are not standing up as a simple fact to say, okay, you know what, we Hindus voted for uh, BJP and Modi. Then they made uh, Modi the prime minister. He's still trying to appease the Muslims. It is never going to happen, not his lifetime, even if he takes 100 Janmas, you cannot appease the minorities and expect them to vote for you. It's not going to happen. And he's continuing to do the same mistake over and over and over again. What Vajpayee did, repeat the same mistake, he's going to get thrown out. So that, if you see that pattern, Doctor, just because this government is not standing up and not putting the people who are violating the law as we speak, is is straight all the way right from the extreme bridge elements all the way to the judiciary today. They all know this government is incompetent. They're not going to do anything. They can just do say whatever they want to say. But this government is going to keep quiet because there's one man who just wants to be seen as a good person all over the world. He doesn't care about whether something has to law and order has to be maintained within the country. Some kind of a stability has to be given. None of that. I don't see any of that because purely the whole thing stems from that. Be it the comments of the recent that happened by one of the Supreme Court judges to make such a comment, which is totally irrelevant to what the case was. All the way, it stems for what? I mean, if you know that you're not going to get retaliated, the ASG or anybody else, the Solicitor General, is not going to say a word, saying that it is completely out of scope and why are you making such comments? Or be it up to the person who just bravely walked across uh, to a shop and beheads a person and walks away. 
I mean, it stems purely from the fact that this government is a failure when it comes to protecting Hindutva rights, Hindutva lives. Very simple. To protect the Hindus, be it the Palgar massacre, nothing has happened so far. The massacre in Bengal, nothing has happened. Even today, that uh, erstwhile crook uh, Raja, that former uh, uh, TG, 2G telecom uh, thug, he's calling saying that we have to secede from the country. How can he continue to be a member of parliament, Dr. Swami? It's ridiculous these guys have, have the, the audacity to go and say such things in a public uh, you know, meeting, saying that we should secede, but he's still a member of the parliament. This government is totally incompetent in just absolute cowards when it comes to protecting the rights of Hindus. I just wanted to comment. I don't want to. I mean, somebody wants to react. react. I just I just saw all of this that is going on. It is just purely stemming from the fact I don't blame. Instead of blaming the others who are attacking Hindus, it is incompetence of this government to put lay down and whatever. They don't have to put any new laws. Just enforce the law. You consistently say you enforce the law that is already there. You don't need to go for a new law. That incompetence is what we're seeing today uh, as why the Hindus are suffering. Arvindji, go ahead. Yeah. Uh... All the issues have been raised by the Jagdish Shettiji and Damesh Swamiji. And uh, even uh, uh, the initial uh, mention of uh, Hinduism or the definition of Hinduism using the Vedas by Sri Yerji. Uh, in reference to that, I want to say if there is a threat to Hinduism or Hindutva, where is it coming from? Who is to be blamed? Mr. Ramesh Swami was pointing to Mr. Modi. No, I would say there are four pillars of democracy. Government, judiciary, executive and press, media. Now, I would say all the four pillars are to be blamed. Now, has uh, the, uh, uh, judiciary, for example, he mentioned about judiciary, starting from 1995, when a three-judge bench headed by Justice Verma said that Hindutva is a way of life. And he, he was actually uh, discussing a case where uh, the politician was uh, accused of uh, seeking votes in the name of Hindutva. He said, no, it is not a crime. And from 1995 to 2022, 27 years, where has judiciary gone? If we look at the remarks made by, not in the part of the judgment, but the remarks, observations made by judiciary in cases related to Hinduism would show the journey from 1995 to 2022 shows that Hindutva is under siege because of judiciary. Judiciary cannot be spared, number one. Number two, when you talk about Mr. Modi, why you forget about Mr. Bajpayee? <laughs> Modi was not the first person to be voted in power because of Hindutva. Mr. Atal Bihari Bajpayee was the first person to be voted given full majority. Hindus had trust and faith that Hindu Hidar Samrat, so-called Hindu Hidar Samrat, Mr. Atal Bihari Bajpayee will stand to the Hindu, Hinduism and Hindutva. Did he? He did not. So the blame should start from Mr. Atal Bihari Bajpayee, six years of Atal Bihari Bajpayee, Eight years of Modi, I would say, of course, there was the interregnum of 10 years when Manmohan Singh was the prime minister who was not supposed to be a protector of Hinduism because he did not come in the uh, power because of the Hindu vote. But these people did. So eight years plus six years, 14 years, 
चौदह साल में तो राम भी बनवास से आ गए थे वापस अयोध्या इन फोर्टीन ईयर्स एंड वेर इज हिंदुजम टूडे एंड देन वट अबाउट द प्रेस इफ यू लुक एट द प्रेस कवरेज I'm not referring to Udaipur or uh, uh, what happened in uh, uh, Ajmer and uh, Bhilwada and others during the uh, celebrations and the, uh, the uh, communal rights. Look at each and every, whether it is print medium, whether it is electronic medium, everywhere, wherever the name of Hindus comes, the press also cuts corners. Press does not even mention the person, the perpetrators of crime. मुस्लिम नेशंस प्रोटेस्टेड We should have told them mind your business. Correct. Yeah, Qatar, for example. We should have told them mind your business. They are not treating their minorities well. Can you celebrate Diwali in uh, in Qatar? I've been to Qatar, and I have people there told me that they can't. Can you celebrate uh, in uh, in Saudi Arabia? No. Um, so can you take pictures of ramchandra ji on your flight from delhi to uh, say um, uh, uh, any of these arab countries you will be intercepted and they they will uh, take the pictures and they will if it's in glass they'll break the glass and then tear the thing up so i would say that we are not interfering with them you all right you want uh, you do it but i would say that we have to first of all take the stand that many of the things that we have inherited today are a consequence of foreign invasions and we are putting it right together and yes uh, we are not happy when uh, such incidents take place but you don't interfere do you think the americans uh, have treated their uh, blacks and before that the red indians and so on reasonably uh, that they are constantly giving advice and they are writing books uh, uh, for our colleges and schools so uh, there has to be a self confidence that we are 80% and we therefore as a 80% population hindu we are uh, in the process of correcting many of the things that were commonplace the earlier on has gone um the, even uh, untouchability is now gone to a very low level and the constitutional backing is there for it uh we haven't uh, put in any constitutional banking for any of the other religions but only for hindu religions we have done it and uh, we have made it uh, against the law so i we are running we are running out of time but i would say let's not the hindus be on the defensive but at the same time let not the hindu be arrogant to think that there is nothing to change we we need now a a concept of a hindu which supersedes everything else including place of birth uh, and the claim to uh, any caste you have or 
uh, varna you have all that it there must be a, f- a feeling generated of of a hindu being uh, superior to every other subconcepts which have been keeping us down uh, since we are speaking of Qatar, let me give you uh, one big, big miss on part of the Indian government. Dr. Swami, Qatar won the rights to host the World Soccer Cup in 2022. The rights were won in 2010. If you go back and look at the population density in Qatar, the population went up by 22%. And for every Qatari, there are five foreigners there. In 2010, they got in boatloads of people because they needed to construct a new city, seven new stadiums, a new airport, a whole slew of hotels. This this whole thing is a new ecosystem they constructed. What happened from that point up until now? 6,710 people have been killed. They have died there. And of those, 3,000 are of Indian origin. Till today, even though I have put out two weeks ago a story, and this was basically from Guardian, which had published it in November 2021. They give statistics. 3,000 were of Indian origin, more or less, give or take. The 3,000, don't you think that the uh, the uh, ambassador of uh, India and Qatar would have had his information? If Qatar started to protest, could he not have used this thing and said, what about this? You guys are paper. Yeah. You know what the reason they give? They said these people died of heart attack. Uh-huh. These are able-bodied men, men. Able-bodied, no, no women, able-bodied men, 18 to 25, 30 maybe. They can't die of heart attack. What happened was they had heat stroke and that was not properly investigated. Another thing, by 2012, 2013, they would have known things were not doing well, going well. Why didn't the Indian External Affairs Ministry step in and say, look, we will send a team of doctors. They'll set up camp once a month. Make sure that everybody that is working there is taken care of properly, that they are getting their electrolytes, that they are working under proper conditions. Sir, I am told temperature goes to 52 degrees centigrade. And in that higher temperature, if you are going up and working on concrete and, and, you know, the iron bars you can't touch, sir, those things are, you know, you'll burn your fingers, singe your hands. This is the kind of conditions under which these people work. This would have solved two problems in my opinion, Dr. Swami. It is my contention that out of those 3,000, 80% are Muslims. Do you think the Muslims of India will now have the same kind of thing? Think, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That country is saying that you know, Muslims are being discriminated in India. I'll go and take out one more Hindu. See, this is the thing. This is where this, this, com- this government completely fails in terms of communications. They don't even have to come out and say this thing. You could have just showed. You're going to say that. I'm going to say this. And you would have shut up quite very, very quickly. See, this is this is where I see that. And, and Dr. Swami, I know the reason why this is. The decision making is always going to be, it seems to be in one individual or two individuals. A country as fast as India cannot be run by decide the decisions made by one or two individuals with a sidekick giving some bad data. This is my take, no, sir. Perhaps, I could be horribly wrong. No, perhaps the, the Indian embassy in Qatar was too busy giving priority to condemn the fringe elements of the BJP. <laughs> See, the Qatar <laughs> embassy of India in Qatar did not have time to look after our poor 
Indian workers who have come there to do work for the Qatar government. They were very busy to condemn the ruling party spokesman as a fringe element. So that is their priority. Uh, Jagdish ji, I, I, I wish I could say yes, sir, but this is only a recent occurrence. I'm talking about a period of, period of 12 years. This is a well-established thing. Even in the and 12 years, they may be busy. Uh, the leaders of one other country must be busy hugging one another rather than, you know, doing serious business. <laughs> Dr. Swami, another question from our viewers is, are you happy at the speed in which the government of India is moving in the direction of Hindutva in the last eight years? This is some of the viewers' question. Two, three short, answer, short answer is no, I am at all not at all happy. Even a simple thing like uh, uh, declaring Ram Setu as a national heritage monument is just it's a, one a signature of the prime minister. Everything else, the entire file is lying on his table for the last uh, you know eight years, and he has not signed. Uh, no, I am not at all happy. This is not a Hindutva government. This is a uh, apologetic government when it comes to Hindutva. How can this be improved, Dr. Swami? Because we, we, all hopes are on BJP and the Sangh Parivar. So yeah. what can be done in the present circumstances, yeah. the way things are happening in the last few days in India? What can be done? What is your advice to our viewers? Why not another session on that? What steps should be taken? Because we're already at nine o'clock. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. Okay, so we, we can have another session on this after getting feedback from the public. Yeah. Okay, Arvind, it's now your turn. Just, just last remark before I wind up. Uh, in Islam, if you don't follow Islam, you are called a kafir. Yeah. That means you are a non believer in Islam. If you are a Hindu, and if you are not a Hindu, what is the antonym of Hinduism? <laughs> In India, the antonym of Hinduism is secular. It is the secular people who have done the harm to Hinduism and Hinduism. It is the, the, the Hindus. In fact, 80% of the seculars are also Hindus. The so-called secular people in India, 80% of that is also Hindus. Look at the what happened recently in Maharashtra. For two and a half years, these 30 odd MLAs were enjoying the power. 30 odd MLAs. They enjoying the power. And after two and a half years, they woke up in the name of Hindutva. And now they formed another government in the name of Hindutva. What were they doing in two and a half years? So it is this secular elements. It is these elements uh, who are Hindus. And they want to take the advantage of Hindus, so don't blame Modi's or don't blame Bajpayee's or don't blame Modi Thakre or any other person who stood for Hindutva. They are all politicians, and these politicians, I'm afraid, we have to blame first, then judiciary, and then media, and then others. Uh, there are other issues, as uh, Dr. Swami said. We may we may require a full uh, episode of Words of Wisdom, Gyan Ganga, in order to discuss those issues, especially. The question raised by Mr. Jagdish Shetty as to what should be done to counter these forces. I'll say there is a conspiracy, not only in India, but globally against Hindutva and Hinduism. 
how to identify these people, how to counter them. We would need another episode with Dr. Swami to discuss this. Thank you, Dr. Swami, today. And thank you, Mr. Shri Ayer, for bringing Vedas and uh, uh, the, 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 the shlokas uh, for uh, uh, defining what is Hindutva. Jagdish Shetiji and uh, Mr. Ramesh Swami. And uh, the work will not be complete if I do not acknowledge the work done by our technical team, headed by Asish Shetty, Swaminathan, Gadgi Rakesh, Ishwarayar, Tejas Navalgul, Vishal Mehta, and Ajesh Naya. We will be bringing the, another important issue in the next Sunday episode 163rd of Words of Wisdom Gyan Ganga at 8 p.m. on Sunday. Till then, Namaskar, Jai Hind. Jai Hind, Dhanyavad.